0: Hey there, gang. Looks like we've got another mystery on our hands. Welcome to episode three. It says episode three. What episode is this? Seven? Like eight? Like seven, yeah. I'm also just copy paste this intro from another episode. <laughs> Anyways, of Meddling Kids podcast where we cover all things scary and weird for listeners near and far. My name is Brie, And
1: my name is Core. And we are roommates who met on Twitter in 2020 during a pandemic and became Rest.
0: <laughs> our mutual interest for mysteries and true crime has inspired us to come together and create this podcast called Meddling Kids, which is heavily inspired by our favorite cartoon growing up. We would have gotten away with it if it hadn't been
1: for you meddling kids. Sorry, if we've been MIA. The past few months have been
0: crazy. Sometimes life just gets in the way and we definitely like to enjoy our free time. Zarr. That being said, this will be the last episode of Season 1. We'll be taking the rest of the summer off to refresh, relax, and recoup for Season 2, which will be dropping in the fall.
1: Just like to add our usual disclaimer that we do not
0: intend to disrespect anyone
1: mentioned in this podcast. All information is sourced from articles and videos online for educational purposes. Information stated may not be 100% accurate,
0: and with that being said, let's get into it. Meddling Kids Podcast, Episode 7, The Murders of Andrew Bagby and Zachary Turner. Starting at the beginning,
1: Shirley Jane Turner was born in January of 1961 to an American serviceman from Kansas stationed in St. Anthony and a local woman whose name we could not find.
0: The two moved to, is it Wichita or Wichita? Wichita. Wichita? Yeah. If you're from the States and I says this wrong, that's it. The two moved to Wichita, Kansas in 1953, where they had four children, including Shirley. The couple would eventually divorce, and in 1968, the woman returned to Newfoundland with the four of the children. This is important to our case
1: because Turner was born on United States soil and was raised in Canada. It automatically granted her dual citizenship.
0: Just to let you guys know, we will be throwing a lot of names out, so it might get a little bit confusing, but it will all come together um, by the end, so just kind of stay with us here. It's going to be, it's a big case. It's, uh, yeah, there's a lot of people involved. Yeah, a lot of people. Anyways, Turner's childhood was interesting. For more than a few years after coming back to Newfoundland, Shirley, her three Mm -hmm. siblings and her mother lived a somewhat erratic existence existence sorry it's been a while obviously with
1: income support also known as welfare they settled they first settled in daniels harbor on the great northern peninsula the lifestyle of shirley and her family was exceptionally frugal in other words they were dirt poor little else is known about shirley's
0: upbringing In 1982, and like I said about names, just there's going to be a lot of dates thrown at this as well. It's just, it's kind of all over the place. Just try your best to follow along. And we will also try our best to
1: make it easier to understand.
0: Yeah, we forgot how to speak English, I think, between um, May and now. So please forgive us. Anyways, back to it again before we get off too much of a tangent. In 1982, Turner became pregnant and eventually married a man from Parsons Pond. After their son was born, Turner began exhibiting controlling behaviors. She went as far as cutting ties with her mother-in-law, not allowing the child to see her own grandmother, or sorry, his own grandmother.
1: Turner and her first husband would remain married from 1981 to 1987. She found work as a science teacher in Labrador City, had her second child, a girl this time, and eventually would begin an affair with a former lover, (laughs) former lover, Located in the south coast of Labrador.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, that's where I'm from. Well, I'm from Wabush. That's spooky, man. She probably taught at one of the schools I went to. Lab shitty gang. Yeah. Well, I'm from Wabush, so it's different, but whatever. This, similar to the behavior towards her mother-in-law, was perhaps indicative of her manipulative and borderline sociopathic tendencies. The affair, that is. <laughs> yeah. The affair with the fisherman lasted for a number of years, and it was- Fisherman lover. Oh. That's what they refer to him as, the fisherman lover of Labrador. Stay away from- The fisherman lover, okay. Yeah.
1: The affair with the fisherman lover lasted for a number of years, and it was truly unreal how she got away with it. Her husband at the time was working in the mines and found it difficult to get off work.
0: You know what? Not much has changed in Lab City. Let's just keep it at that. (laughs) (laughs) Turner would say she was visiting family back home, but she would actually travel back to Parsons Pond, where she would dump her kids off with relatives and head to St. Barb. From there, she took the ferry to the south coast of Labrador, where she would meet up with her fisherman lover. The lengths this woman went to, she drove all the way across the island. She flew from Labrador to St. John's. Well, not St. John's, sorry, Parsons Pond. So she flew to the island. Then she'd drive across the island and take a boat back to Labrador on the coast, which is, isn't that whack? Just
1: leave your husband, girl, and move. It is also noted that Turner would bank her baby bonus checks, stating that they were being used towards the children's university
0: education. The funds were actually never put to such use. In 1980, Turner entered Memorial University in St. John's with the intention of becoming a medical doctor, a goal she did achieve. Shirley Turner
1: separated from her first husband in 1987 and moved back to the island when her teaching
0: contract in Lab City ran out. Upon returning, her whereabouts are little known. From June of 1987 through July of 1988, it is believed that she and her two children lived in Deer Lake, living on Turner's employment insurance.
1: She was apparently romantically involved with someone during this time. As medical records indicate, She had an abortion in July of 1988.
0: There is not much else that can be confirmed during this 13-month period, though it is believed that the fisherman was the man she was involved with as the two got married in July 1988. I don't know if this was before or after the abortion, but they did get married the same month. Does he not have a name? Fisherman lover. Secret lover of our our dreams. (laughs) Izzy. No, I don't think he has very high standards. Anyways, <laughs> I <moving> on.
1: <laughs> After having her third child in March of 1990, another girl, Turner and the... Sorry, I can't. Turner and the Fisherman began falling out and eventually separated in 1991. Well, Turner was teaching in
0: Cowhead. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. Just randomly was thrown in there and she was teaching in Cowhead. I don't know. That's such a cool name. Where is Cowhead? Is that I, Alberta? I like the
1: top of the cow.
0: Is that Alberta? No. I don't even know where Garnish is. <laughs> <laughs> You're whack. She remained in that position until 1993, when she registered to return to Memorial University in order to complete her undergraduate degree. Yeah. She, she went back to finish her, I guess, her medical degrees. I don't know anything about university, okay? When it says undergrad, I don't know what the fuck that means, to be honest with you.
1: I didn't even graduate high school.
0: Well, I did a trade. So. Anyways. (laughs) Retail. Before
1: graduating in 1994, Turner moved into an apartment in St. John's and apparently struggled financially. Her second husband, who had been estranged since 1991, moved into her apartment and took care of her and her two older children. While him and Shirley lived separately, they remained under
0: the same roof <laughs> the toxicity that's a new thing That gotta be a newfoundland thing moves honestly in wait- no honestly i've literally heard of this multiple times like you her ex moved in with her so he could rear up the youngsters
1: and like they just coexist in the house hate each other
0: mm. like me and you bitch. with the dogs we have three dogs now by the way that's that's our excuse why we haven't posted anything in three months also, you randomly bought a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, who is she? In October of 1993, her behavior moved from troubling to dangerous. Reports surfaced that Turner was treating two of the three children so pro- poorly that a man who had been renting a room from Turner reported it as child abuse. I'm not sure if this was her like ex-husband or if it was <clears throat> excuse me just a, like okay. a roommate. It doesn't say, but whoever was living with her at the time reported it as child abuse
1: and a king for doing so Mm -hmm. he was so alarmed by the behavior that he moved out of the apartment and reported the incidents to a psychiatrist at memorial the therapist would later tell this to a social services worker
0: so this was a quote from the roommate or sorry the psychiatrist Um, About the roommate. So the roommate witnessed the older daughter being struck in the face by her mother for no reason. Shirley always swears and curses at the child and sometimes at the son. Shirley has left the older daughter at home on weekends and evenings unsupervised and she has to go to school on the bus unsupervised. This has been ongoing for at least two months. Most of the abuse is directed at the older daughter. The children were interviewed and corroborated the report. Saying they were infrequently struck with open hands and belts. This is why I know this
1: sounds a little bit insane, but I it's so crazy, it just might work. I think people should have license. Like they need to be licensed to have kids.
0: Yeah. Because it's just ridiculous. Well, like a lot of a lot of people still get away with this shit now. And this happened in like the nineties, so yeah. think about how much more they got well. We'll see that now. But she got away with a lot of shit, basically. Yeah.
1: Sadly, this was only the beginning of a butterfly effect of systematic failures. The abuse report filed to social services, which had been backed up by third-party witnesses, a respected therapist, and the children themselves, was closed on January eleventh, 1994, without anyone from the department having spoken
0: to Turner. So they looked at her case, said, meh. Closed it and that was it. They didn't even go and visit. Nothing. Like, not a thing was done. I know. It's sick. It's just like these are kids, man. Like, they just, I guess, I don't know. Like, how much more did she need to do? Really? Like, that's just the beginning. Later in 1994, Turner would go on to Memorial's Department of Medicine for further education. She wanted to be a doctor. Shirley would return to Saint John's from Parsons Pond and told her family that she would not be taking her children with her. The two oldest remained with the mother-in-law mentioned earlier in Parsons Pond. The one that she wouldn't let the
1: her kid talk to. Oh, so now she? Yeah, now she. Um, now now, she's she's mm-hmm, now she is allowed because she needs an Official, right? Mm-hmm. Shirley Turner is the scum of the earth. While the youngest, <laughs> while the youngest was sent to Portland Creek with Turner's second husband. This arrangement lasted a year. And the children eventually joined Turner in St. John's in 1995 while she completed her education.
0: Turner continued to tell her family members that looking after the children was a burden to her academic career. Despite winning custody of all three children, I don't know how that happened, by 1997 they were all back with their own fathers in Parsons Pond in Portland Creek. This arrangement would remain in place for the rest of Turner's education. Enter Andrew Bagby. Bagby
1: was born on September 25th, 1973, in Wichita, Kansas, to David and Kate Bagby. He was a bright, charismatic man who made everyone he met love him almost immediately. He wanted to become a doctor,
0: and that he did. He became a physician at Excella Health Latrobe Hospital, where patients would request him to be their doctor. That's how much people enjoyed being around Andrew. He was on his way to being a very well-respected doctor in his town. Before becoming a doctor, Bagby studied at Memorial University where he
1: quickly made lots of new friends and formed a relationship with Shirley Turner, open bracket, the devil herself, close bracket, whom was much older than Bagby,
0: 13 years older to be exact. Excuse me. Um, For those of you who don't know, or for those of you who haven't seen the movie, Dear Zachary, um, if you want more information on this case, I suggest watching the movie. It's about this case. Um, It was mentioned by his, like, friends in the documentary that Andrew didn't have a lot of confidence in himself, and he kind of just settled for Shirley. Yeah. He was just like, I'd rather be with her than be alone. He did have a girlfriend, like, before he moved to Newfoundland and they kind of, it didn't work out and they broke things off and like, I guess it broke his heart. So I think Shirley was just kind of there. So he just settled for someone to like Mm -hmm. be with really sad. Andrew's friends often noticed there was something off about Shirley. She would become very possessive over Andrew and even sometimes verbally abusive. His friends would also mention that she would go into great detail about their sex life. Andrew eventually moved back to the United States
1: and became a Latrobe area hospital physician. After many months of his friends pleading with Andrew to end his relationship with Shirley, and he himself trying multiple times to end it, on Saturday, November 3rd, 2001, while eating lunch in the Latrobe airport, he finally set the record straight and told her their relationship
0: was over. She boarded her flight. And was going back home to Cancel Bluffs, Iowa, where she was then living. Thought to never been seen by Andrew again. 24 hours later on a Sunday afternoon, Turner took her 22 caliber pistol, her cell phone, and some money and took to the Interstate 80 heading east. Early Monday morning,
1: Andrew was getting ready for work when Turner showed up to his apartment. He then left her at the apartment and headed to work which was a hospital that was across the street from his apartment. She literally showed up to his house, knocked on his door, and was like, "Hey, eh. Yeah. And he let her in. And he let her in and just left her there. Oh, also, it's rumored that she, like, not rumored, but, mm-hmm. like, um, apparently she had stolen, like, TVs mm-hmm. and, like, computers and CDs and stuff from his house
0: that time. During his shift, he told his colleagues about how Shirley showed up. Clark Simpson asked Andrew if this was a smart idea to let Shirley into his apartment. Bagby replied with, oh yeah, everything's fine.
1: Later that day, during a shift at the satellite clinic in Salzburg, in a quick chat in the late afternoon, Bagby told Simpson that he'd be meeting Turner in a bar to send her on her way. Simpson had offered to accompany Bagby, but Andrew once again reassured him that all was well. They agreed that after Andrew's finished speaking to Turner, he'd pick up some beer and head to Clark's apartment
0: for the rest of the evening. Around 5 p.m., Andrew left the clinic and picked up the beer at a convenience store and went to meet Shirley. Unfortunately, the meeting took place in an isolated park, not a populated bar. From the parking lot of
1: Keystone Park, Andrew used his cell phone to call Shirley. An eyewitness later reported seeing a lone car in the parking lot at around 5:30 p.m., a
0: dark blue or black. The description was consistent with Andrew's black Toyota Corolla. Another witness reported seeing two cars parked side by side while walking by a small dark colored car and an unknown colored sport utility vehicle, which were consistent with Andrew and Shirley's cars.
1: Forensic analysis later disclosed the sequence of wounds to Andrew's body. The first two bullets in quick succession entered the left side of his chest and his left cheek. The second bullet exited be- exited behind his left ear. He spun half around ha- he spun halfway around and fell on his face into the gravel with his shoulders hunched forward.
0: Shirley then carefully aimed the next two shots at his rectum. She then stepped forward, bent slightly and placed a final round in the back of his head an execution shot close enough to singe the hair the gun was then empty so she then kicked him in the head she then returned to her car and headed back to iowa just before 6 a.m. a man searching for aluminum cans in the park dumpster found andrew's body covered in a thin layer of frost face down on the blood-soaked gravel still in his hospital scrubs by the time
1: pennsylvania state troopers charged her with fir- with first-degree murder and obtained a warrant for her arrest, Turner had fled back to Canada and resettled in the St. John's
0: area. After she reached St. John's, Shirley Turner revealed that she was pregnant with Andrew Bagby's child. While her extradition was pending, Bagby's
1: parents moved to Canada to gain custody of Zachary and obtained Turner's rendition for trial in the United States. However, the extradition process was repeatedly prolonged by Turner's lawyers, based on legal
0: technicalities. When a provincial court ruled that enough evidence pointed to Turner as Bagby's killer, she was put in jail and Bagby's parents, David and Kate, were awarded custody of Zachary. In jail, Turner wrote to a judge and unlike a normal legal
1: procedure, received advice on how to appeal her arrest and imprisonment.
0: Turner was later released by a Newfoundland judge, Gail Welsh, who felt she did not pose a threat to society in general. Turner was therefore released on bail and successfully sued for joint custody of Zachary with the Bagbies, although their arrangement was flimsy.
1: On July 4, 2003, Turner met a young man at a bar in St. John's. The pair dated and were intimate on two occasions afterward. The man then broke off their relationship after learning from a friend about Turner's
0: connection to the Bagby murder. Turner subsequently made a total of 200 threatening phone calls to the man over the following month. Turner claimed that she was pregnant by the man, but no evidence was found showing this to be the case. The man
1: contacted the RNC on three occasions to complain about Turner's harassment, which both violated the
0: terms of her bail and was considered grounds to lose custody of Zachary. Unfortunately, because the man did not identify himself and declined to file any criminal complaint against Turner, no investigation was launched by the RNC. When a constable contacted Turner's lawyer about the harassment, she denied the allegations. God.
1: On the 18th of August, 2003, Zachary was scheduled to be in his mother's custody. Sorry, it's just... I'm actually getting emotional here. Yeah, it's hard. Turner first purchased a prescription of lorazepam from the St. John's Pharmacy. She then drove with Zachary to nearby Conception Bay South where the man she had met at the bar lived. Turner left her car parked near his home in the Kellegruce area of town with photographs of herself and Zachary as well as a used tampon on the front seat. Police concluded that she was attempting to frame her boyfriend for the planned murder suicide.
0: After mixing her lorazepam into Zachary's baby formula and ingesting a toxic dosage herself, Turner strapped the infant to Turner strapped the infant to her chest with her sweater and jumped off a fishing wharf at Boxtrap Marina into the Atlantic Ocean. Turner's body was found on a beach by
1: a vacation by a vacationing couple, with Zachary's body discovered nearby. It was determined that Zachary Turner was rendered unconscious by the lorazepam and did not suffer.
0: There's a lot more to this case, obviously. We didn't go into total detail just because it's a really hard case to cover. It's really big. It was... God,
1: I'm actually about to cry.
0: It's really fucked up that this happened here. And they kept like giving her free passes and didn't take it seriously. Like in the um, the documentary, Dear Zachary, was actually um, made by Andrew's friend, who was making a film to show Zachary when he got older, so he could learn more about his dad. But halfway through the um, the documentary, you learn about what Shirley did to Zachary, and talks a lot about. How the justice system really failed the Bagbies and essentially cost another life. A 13-month-old baby. Because they didn't think Shirley was a threat. Because she already, like, took out her initial target, I just don't
1: understand how you can literally kill someone and then be given
0: custody of a child, man. Because she was a doctor. Because she had that status of being a medical professional, so they they couldn't look like some people couldn't look at her as being a bad person because she was a doctor. The which phone is calls
1: in the documentary they show like recordings of phone calls from the jail from Shirley to um, Kate and uh, David Bagby, mm-hmm. and she's literally asking them to put up pictures of her and Andrew for Christmas so mm. Zachary can see it.
0: Yeah, so he can see his mom and dad together. Like, are you twisted? They, um, the custody, like when, when Shirley was in jail, she was in like a, there's a women's jail in Clarenville. I don't know if they, it's still a thing. I, I yeah. have no idea. So the only way that, the, that Kate and David could have, The custody of Zachary when Shirley was in jail was the on the agreement that every week they would drive Zachary to Clarenville, bring him to see Shirley for like hours at the jail so she could spend time with Zachary while the Bagbies had to just sit there and watch the woman who murdered their son play with their grandkid. And then they would leave. They would stay the night in Clarenville. They'd get up the next morning, and they'd bring him back to the jail to have another visit until, like, lunchtime. And then they would drive back to St. John's. So for two days a week, they had to spend time with... Their son's murderer. Their son's murderer. And when she got out of jail, they had to spend even more time with her because they had to, like, keep her on their good side that so that they could have yeah. the custody of, like, the split custody with him. And it was, like, all on her terms.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, like, the day that... Her and Zachary
1: went missing. She literally called them and was, like, telling them that she doesn't know what they're telling him. And she's scared they're going to hurt him. I think she was a selfish bitch. She never cared about the child. No. She just was obviously never told no and just did what she wanted. And she she realized that these people
0: were getting ahead of her.
1: Mm-hmm. She didn't care so about she took, what yeah.
0: they, she took what they would hurt them the mm. most. She didn't care about anyone but herself. Think about her other three kids that she just dumped off to their dads because she didn't yeah. cause they were a burden to her academic career. Oh god, I hate this woman. And the Bagbees were actually so patient with this woman. Mm-hmm.
1: I just, don't know how they did it. I don't either. I don't know how. Just
0: their interviews in the documentary, you can just see. Like, they're just, they're so Drained. hurt. They're so hurt. They're so sad. Obviously, how could you not be? I but know. Actually, we got a lot of our information from the documentary that we watched. It's called Dear Zachary. And also, um, Andrew's dad actually wrote a book called- Dense with the Devil is it dance with the devil or dancing with the devil or it's dance with the dance devil dance with the devil by david bagby it's the book goes into a lot of detail about the case and the justice system and like their time in st johns um we didn't like obviously didn't want to add too much into this cuz there's so much to this case and it would have taken so long to even that's the there's a
1: lot of details in the case that like were just details Mm -hmm. and like we we just wanted to like show you how much of a monster this woman was Mm -hmm. she's awful so sad man she took andrew bagby was on his
0: way to becoming a well-respected doctor Mm -hmm. in his in latrobe even the videos of him in the documentary when he was a kid and like because the his friend who was a filmmaker they used to make all these short little movies, movies. and stuff and, and his
1: parents were always yeah too like he was they, just so
0: close with his parents
1: and his parents loved his friends too at mm. um andrew's funeral his friend who um made the movie mm. told him that they still had kids because yeah. all of them were so close with his parents mm-hmm. but like yeah andrew he was just like a light and like mm-hmm. he was just even watching the movie Mm -hmm. you feel like
0: you're his friend yeah and he was so young he was 28 when he was killed like that's like my age that's That's so like your life is just starting and she just took it away he
1: was already so like well respected Mm -hmm. in like the medicine work that he was doing and she took that from him and then this little boy he wasn't like he wasn't even two he was a year and a month. Mm-hmm. It's And she t- yeah. never even gave him the chance. He would have been 19
0: yesterday. yesterday. His his birthday was yesterday. We didn't realize that when we uh, decided to do this case that it was so close his birthday. But it's like he would have probably been going out and celebrating on George Street with all of his friends this week, right? And it's really sad to think, like, oh man, he was just so cute too—such a cute, sweet little baby—and he loved Kate.
1: Yeah,
0: like Shirley would get so fucking jealous yeah. over it. Like they, he would always pick Kate over Shirley, always. Because like,
1: he he knew he was like safe and loved with her. Because
0: she genuinely loved him; it wasn't fake.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You could tell. Like Shirley was just a jealous bitch. She was a sociopath.
1: Yeah, she was. She nuts. didn't.
0: She didn't feel empathy. She didn't feel anything. She was jealous and she wanted what she wanted and she didn't care what she had to do. And it was proven time and time again that she could get away with whatever she wanted. Mm -hmm. She got away with so much.
1: Um, This case also changed a
0: lot of family, like, court laws. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the law here. On the 23rd of October 2009, Scott Andrews, then a liberal MP from Newfoundland and Labrador, introduced Bill C. 464 or Zachary's bill, which would change the criminal code of Canada to allow the courts to justify their refusing bail to those accused of serious crimes in the name of protecting their children. The bill received a unanimous bipartisan, I don't know what that word is, Mm -hmm. support in the Canadian House of Commons and received support from Liberal Senator Tommy Banks. It was finally signed into law by Governor General David Johnston on 16th, the sixteenth of December two thousand ten, Andrews later said that the law gives the Bagby some sense that someone has heard their cries, so this will not happen again. To change the law to make sure something this tragic will never happen again. Kate and David actually started a support group for um, people who are who have lost like their kids to Mm -hmm. like murder and tragic. I think it was to murder yeah and they they actually spent a lot of time in Newfoundland you know they they their friends took care of their house and they came to Newfoundland with all their savings they didn't have jobs that they were retired their friends helped send money over to support them and you know they gave up all their whole lives to come over here to Newfoundland from the states and fight for their grandson And it was just the justice system really just failed them. It's so sad. The justice system failed them both. Mm
1: -hmm. And although this case made a lot of headway with Mm -hmm. the laws, Mm -hmm. the justice system still sucks when it comes to Mm -hmm. children's safety.
0: 100%. And this is just the tip of the iceberg of yeah. this case. Right? This is what we know. Like this is what we know of that happens here. My mom's friend literally sat behind Shirley at medical school, like in class. She said she was a fucking psychopath.
1: Only well, she regretted like, it. By just, the back of the head.
0: It just shows how small our province is.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's really it's really sad to see that something like this happened here, especially because our province is so tiny. Yeah, we always like to believe, like, we're in a safe place
1: and where we live is the Mm -hmm. safest place to be. But, like, when the people who are supposed to be looking out for us and keeping us safe Mm -hmm. fail us time and time again, Mm -hmm. what can we do? Yeah. Makes you think, I guess. It does. Well, we'll leave you with that. We'd like to thank you for
0: listening. Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, wrap this case up here now. There's not really much more to say in regards to what we talked about. Now, uh, with regards to everything else that happened in this case, we could talk for hours. Yeah. But you know, it is just a lot, and we don't want to sit here and talk about this for hours. It's so it's such it was such a hard case to cover. I, we had both seen the movie before, and we watched it again, and we were both just sobbing. It's just heartbreaking. It's just
1: really sad, mm-hmm. like this poor little boy. Mm-hmm. I literally can't even keep talking about it, to be honest. Um, if you want to hear anything else, if you have any requests, our DMs are always open.
0: Our comments are always open. We will, uh, like I said in the intro, we'll be taking the rest of the summer off to kind of You know, get our shit together, get our brains back on track. It's. I know you guys are probably like, what the fuck? You guys just came back.
1: But we're also rebranding. Yes. And we're also trying to set up a podcast
0: room, too, so we're not down in the furnace room. Yeah, you can probably hear the furnace kicking in and out. We just want to, you know, for our first season, like, you know, I think we did pretty good. Yeah, we went pretty hard. We learned a lot of things. We definitely... um, Want to come back more organized Mm -hmm. and not rush things and, you know, not doing a case every single week is not realistic. It's also very hard on your mental health when you're reading and talking and researching, especially in as much depth as we do go Mm -hmm. into. It is hard on your own mental health and, you know, you kind of got to take care of yourself. Sometimes the person can only take so much murder. Yeah. You know what? We are two very mentally ill girls ourselves. (laughs) So we got to look after our shit, you know? Yeah. We, we do want to thank you guys for being so supportive of season one. And being so patient with us because we have been late. Yeah, but you know what? It's better late than ugly is what
1: I always say. Period, Poodle. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd also like to thank you guys once again for showing us so much support in our first season. It has motivated us to do better and bring better to the table. Yeah. I don't know what else to say, really. We will see you in the fall. We're going to get spooky. We're going to get fucking spooktober on these hoes. Um, We're going to... We're rebranding, baby. We're rebranding. I don't know what else you want me to say. We're rebranding. I have black hair now. Yeah. and I have-, I have white hair in
0: our picture. I have black hair now. Yeah, and I have blue hair in our picture, and now I have half white hair. <laughs> And yeah, that's, that's crazy. We, who We change. Who are we? Love you, Tuta. Love you, Tuta. Okay, guys. We're going to wrap it up now. Yeah, we hate to ramble, but we missed yo,
1: And we um, had so much fun. No, no we didn't. We didn't. <laughs> we didn't. <laughs> well, no, the season, the in-between. I'm not saying we had so much fun like researching death, but um, it's something that we enjoy spreading information about. Yeah. And the in between episodes, the split up episodes. Yeah, let's split Those, fun. Those go hard. Um, yeah, so sound off in the comments. And All also right. in the DMs. Okay. and Tell us what you want to hear. Also, we'll be talking. <laughs>